Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. Alrighty, you motherfuckers. Uh, it is. <laughs> that's the first time. That's the earliest cuss ever in the history of the unofficial 40 podcast. I'm so worried, so just very uncomfortable right now. You're not un- you're never uncomfortable. Uh, it is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. I am vacationing Carrie Murdoch, but guess what? Hey Carrie, you never get to take vacation because you always have to pod. Even when it's it's uh you've been up, let's see, what time did I go to bed last night? 8 a.m.? I don't know. Uh I'm still residually drunk because I'm on vacation, so this is maybe the second drunk pod ever. Uh, but only one of us is drunk, and the rest of you guys are living your lives. Oh, because it's 11.28 in the morning. <laughs> it's I'm 5 not, o'clock somewhere been, in England. <laughs> I haven't been drinking this morning. I was drinking last night. Actually, I do know this. I I, I was up at least past 2 a.m. because I watched the third episode of Loki, which only released at 2 a.m. What is that? What is Loki? I saw you talking about it on the board. You just shut up. All right. I don't want to get into this because we know you don't watch anything current. All right. I might if it's good. I don't see this being up your alley. Oh, I would definitely not watch this. No, you would not. Just looking at the Wikipedia (laughs) summary, the god of mischief, I'm out. Yeah. Well, you would think that if all the Marvel characters that you would be interested in, Loki would be for you, but it's hey. no. I it's time travel, it's bizarre, it's alternate realities, it's no. Probably not. Continue on. I think I saw Eddie's mullet protest. That's how odd a face he just made. It's just yeah, this looks like it's out of my element. I don't think it was ever in my element, but this would certainly be out of have my element. Have you ever seen any Marvel movie? Like, have you ever watched a single Marvel movie? Mm, not in the theater. Avengers. No. Anything? No, I don't have any interest in that. Iron Man. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> my parents didn't allow me. me to have an imagination growing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, all right. Um. So we, I mean, I like, I don't even need to be here. There's so much shit that's going on. Uh, we have a barbecue wrap up. I know how to There's push the buttons. I can, I can do this. Uh, really? Can I just sit back and just let you do if a show? If you want. I'm actually, I'm, you can I'm just, interject. I'm just kind of residually drunk. I'm not really that drunk. Like, I'm not, I'm, I just, I don't feel good. <laughs> 
I, I, I know what you're. I know what I you're mean, talking about. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. You, you know, you I, feel like me on Friday mornings usually after uh, bingo. The bad thing is, I have a really big meeting with uh, the powers that be at OU in just a few hours. Well, Stri- we'll have to strike it all from the record. I mean, I'll be fine by the time that happens. This is what you do. You need to run by a campus quarter. You need to uh, probably go to Diamond Dogs, slam a couple hot dogs, refuel the system. That's what I did last night. I, I, I had did hot you go to dogs. Diamond Dogs? Where'd you go? I went to my kitchen. Oh. And I made Nathan's hot dogs. Because here's the thing. Which and is I, I found myself than Diamond Dogs. I found myself doing this Monday, and I know that people hate the banner, but we're going to continue on. It... I, on Monday afternoon, I found myself. By the way, it was, those people, it, was, right? it was kind of shitty. It was like it was raining out, and I was like, you know what? I want a chili dog. Like I, I'm not going to drive to Tulsa. I'm not going up to Coney Islander, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to Norman, and I'm gonna find something. <laughs> you came all the way to yeah. Norman I drove for down. Chili dog? I drove down. Well, I get to Campus Corner. I was going to go to Diamond Dogs because Sooner Top Dog Classic Coney is no longer available. I know they and shut I down. Pulled up. And Diamond Dogs was closed on Monday. And it was maybe the worst experience of my entire life. I had nowhere else to go. I'm surprised they weren't replaced by a dispensary. Well, they, I mean, if they if they keep on that type of uh, business operation, they will be closed. So you were at Campus Corner this week. I went on Monday. And then I ended up and at you, uh, and, and the I, Sanctity of Rays, and they saved were me. Were you shocked at the dispensariness of Campus Corner? Honestly, I didn't even really... Like, I feel like... When you drive down May Avenue nowadays, it's I've become so numb to it yeah. that I didn't even I've notice. I heard May Avenue is r- horrific. Well, it's, it's effectually known as the Medical Mile. <laughs> the, you got, the, you the, got the mile of cars the mile in Norman. Of cars in Norman and, and the medical you got the mile Medical Mile on, on May Avenue. May. Don't make a left. <laughs> All right, Josh McQuiston joins us as well. Josh, welcome to uh, this disaster of a pod. Carrie, you know. And I, I hate to revisit because it feels like you've moving, m- moving, moved so Who's far past. Been drinking now, yeah. all right. See, no, and that was perfect timing because what I was going to say is this is a lot like Bob's voice doppelganger last week. There are certain words that you sound very drunk, and then there's other words where I don't notice it at all. So this, it's just about what you say and how you say it. The hard starts; those are really strong for you right now. I would go with more of those. Hard starts. Like just out of nowhere, like a level of excitement that that works really well for you right now. Hey, I, I would welcome go with a lot to the of podcast, yes. everybody. Yep, yep. That's you're on point right there. That is where you need to be. I, I'm yeah. I, I when I don't have any uh, energy, I'm drunk, man. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I mean, look, I'm. I am. Uh, I do a morning show every morning. I'm old and I'm bored in my life, so there have been mornings when I've done radio drunk. I'm 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 a veteran. Haven't gotten there. I'm scared of that. I'm scared of that That's idea. That's because you go into work every day. I sit at home. That's true. If I if I all I had to do was just get up and not do any type of driving or commuting. Uh-huh. Probably be, be that night, way as well. You'd, you'd be a heavy drinker. You, you're making me think maybe I need to get a studio at the uh, COVID compound. <laughs> I mean, I I almost to the point where I'm in. I I want to insist on it because it's ridiculous that you go into a studio in this day and age, uh, and, and physically attend your job. 
That that shouldn't be happening. For I know all these people that you. have been working from home, I don't think are going to go back anytime soon. We do. You realize you're saying this to Eddie as he drove to your house to do this. Well, he already drove to the studio this morning, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm out and about. <laughs> I'm out and about. <laughs> He's just a man it of the was, world. It was on the way. I mean, we're just two vaccinated dudes. We can hang out, you know, at the, hey, the yeah. compound. Yeah, you know, you, you guys. Uh, but you know, Carrie is not wrong. He, the recording happens at his house, so even on vacation, he has to give us an hour or so of his time. And I know, I know that's that that's that's a lot to ask. I know, especially um, on the morning that it's re- you ta- especially on the morning ask? that it's reported that <laughs> Pop Smoke will be uh, releasing a new album on July sixteenth. Is that a rapper? I don't know. I just saw it on Instagram. <laughs> I think it is. I, I was like, I don't know anything about that. I don't that. think anybody does. I think okay. it's a popular We're rapper, all too actually. old. Is it yeah, a TikTok very, star? Was, yeah. Very it? olds. Very olds. I, yeah, think, I believe he's this, a rapper. This week in f- world. I'm trying to... I mean, like, who is the most hip artist that I know? Like, it's probably, like, Cardi B. That's it. Like... Mm. I mean, I guess I'm familiar with some of the music, but I couldn't tell you i don't stay up to date with names well, like don't... i know the names i don't know which one of them is actually considered cool is my problem like like i know waka like i know some of that stuff but like i don't know if that's cool or if that's not cool like i know i like it or i, I don't waka like it that's because about it. he's like the meme that comes up every time you you type in okay like waka <laughs> is always the first meme that that is shown like on gifs See, and I'm so old, all I want is Little John if I type in okay. Like, that that's what I'm looking for. Or better yet, Dave Chappelle is Little John. So, uh, that that's I'm that old. I think the problem is, like, we don't... Like, Saturday, Saturday Night Live was always, like, a, a really good, like, you know... It was something that kept everyone up to date with popular culture. See, that's that's a drunk right there. Popular. Popular culture. Um, and, like, I don't think people watch Saturday Night Live that much anymore. Yeah. No, that that's absolutely true. Um, it's, it's very much. And, I like, it seems to, like, ebb and flow. Like, I remember thinking when I was young, like, eight or nine, that it was, like, old. Like, I remember my parents watching it or my dad watching it. And I was like, no, that doesn't interest me at all. And then I got a little older, and it was like the Farley and Sandler and all those guys. And I was like, oh, this is funny as hell. And now I still kind of watch it, but it's not like, like I, I mean. It, I didn't it, know it, who it T-Pain was until uh, Lonely Island Guys with uh, I'm on a Boat and oh, all that wow. stuff. We're, we're really hitting the bottom of the barrel of how white is this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a headline the, the other day that said that T-Pain went into depression for four years because Usher told him that auto-tune ruined the music industry. I mean, I, if I'm T-Pain, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. You can tell me anything. It wouldn't matter. Well, Does he really and isn't that kind of harsh? Like Jay-Z, made a, whole, Jay-Z made a whole song about auto-tune wrecking music. Did he? Yeah, like it was on one of it. Like I liked it. It was a good ass song. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I have to go look it up. But no, it. it I, I liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, it, it's not like it was just Usher that thought you kind of brought on the downfall there, T Pain. So you're good, T Pain. Josh said it. You're good. All yeah. right. So I guess we should start the podcast <laughs> at some point. I just put. You can start listening now. <laughs> Barbecue wrap up. <laughs> 
So, uh, by the way, uh, Bob is maybe joining us today. He is, my God, I'm just surrounded by by dads these days. I'll, my Twitter has just turned into gay biker changing his kid's diaper. Uh, and Bob is now in the throes of hell that Josh was once in where our podcast was uh, ruled by Josh whether or not he had swim class mm-hmm. for like two years. And uh, now Bob is doing the same thing. He couldn't be on the pod because he has swim class. Not, not like Bob is learning how to swim. That now that, his kid is. I would hope how to that swim. we would get the release form signed if Bob was in <laughs> swim classes. That I could go videotape that. Oh God! What a beautiful like daughter and father moment. Like they learning in the lanes next to each other. That'd be great to watch. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be so great. Both earning their certifications together. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> now I'm I, I'm kind of obsessed with that idea. Can we enroll Bob in Bob, swimming classes? Did Bob, you guys, did you did you, did you guys, listen well? Did you get a sticker today, Bob? When you were kids, did you guys do like swim class, like where you like basically earned your lifeguard? you know badges or whatever because i no, did all no, that i shit. never did the i never did the lifeguarding or anything like I'd, that i i took like swim lessons to where like i had to swim like a mile um it was in a pool but you just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth but eventually and i think i you know you got like little little pins like that you know you i don't know where those pins went or what you were supposed to put them on but like basically just a pin that said you could be a lifeguard if you wanted to. I think it's kind of like the Air Force. They just pin it right into your body. Remember that video that caught a lot of steam back in like 15, 20 years no, ago? I, I think the Air Force got in trouble for it. Was that like a like a branding? I think it was like a hazing situation? hazing type yeah. incident. All right. Uh, so Bob may or may not join us today, but uh, we are coming off of obviously uh, one of the biggest recruiting weekends of the last couple of years in the Champ U Barbecue. Uh, I know Eddie, Bob, and I were out uh, at uh, OU's football camp yesterday, the offensive line, defensive line camp, and we'll uh, get to that a little bit. Uh, several new offers came out from that camp. Uh, and, you know, it was one of those things, like, we didn't know that it would be interesting at all, and we went out there, and there were a lot of good guys out there, and and obviously some offers came out of it. But uh, I know just getting to talk to people, and uh, Josh, I know you've talked to tons of of players and and uh, parents around it, but uh, OU really took it up. I mean, they had basically a year to prepare for this thing. I mean, it, it, uh, the dead period was out there, uh, and they really did it up big. But I I know talking to a couple of people um, that you know OU just in general was really happy with how it went. They had a lot of former players come back. Sam Bradford came back. Sammy B came back to Norman. And by the way, I'll give it up to Gabe Eichert. He had the best joke. Uh, he said, Sam Bradford is uh, on the cicada schedule. Every 17 years, he shows back up at OU. Uh, so, uh, first off, I want to go to Josh, but but Eddie, the Sam Bradford whisperer, by the way, he's never been on the podcast I, I maybe really, we'll work on that I now really, that he's now that he's out. Really we'll get him before he goes back underground. I really question <laughs> whether you are friends with him or not, and I'm just going to keep questioning you uh, until Sam Bradford comes on this podcast. That's fair. Um, but 
I, did you get any uh, underground information from Sammy B about I mean, how, what, what his day was like, what he thought about it all? I think it's just from a totality standpoint, I don't think it could have gone better for OU. And, you know, Josh will probably lay it out more uh, precisely as, as far as why that's the case. But if you just look at the lineup that they were able to have, you know, one of the pictures that stood out to me, and obviously Sam's picture with uh, some of the players stood out to a lot of people. But I think just the fact that in one picture you had two of the highest paid offensive tackles in the NFL. And Trent Williams and Lane Johnson back on campus. Yeah. You had Creed Humphrey, the new entry the, into the NFL. Are they the top right and left tackle? I believe so. I, somebody put that out there, and I didn't do the research to check, but I think that that's correct, is it not? I mean, I don't think people really chart, like, the top paid right tackle. Right. But I, I know Trent Williams is the top paid left tackle. Sure. I mean, he's the top paid offensive lineman in football right now. Regardless, uh, you know. Oh, Overthecap.com quotes Lane Johnson as the highest paid right tackle in football by, God, like $4 million a year over Jack Conklin of the Browns. I mean, I have to think that that at some point reaches – whoever, whatever offensive lineman on campus, like that has to impress some people. You got Creed Humphrey, who's entering the NFL this year. Then you look on, you know, the defense side of the football, and not to mention, you know, even a guy like uh, Jalen Hurts comes back, which well, I know that Orlando he's not the most popular just, person. Orlando just got traded to Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah, you know, throw Kyler Murray reason. in there. I mean, it was uh, – I, I think that that's kind of what put it over the top, just from from the outside looking in as far as – being able to get all these guys back on campus, get them all together, and kind of impress upon, you know, what the foundation of the program is. And I think that, you know, all reports coming out of the weekend, Josh, and we can get into the specific players, I think there was a lot of people that walked away thinking, like, kind of a holy shit, like, that was a, that was a hell of a weekend that they put on. And, uh, you know. From everything that we saw, from everything that we've seen, and from everything that you know, Bob and Josh have reported, that seems to be the case. By the way, my yeah. meeting with OU just got delayed by an hour, so that's good. <laughs> that's, that's that's good, good for, for all everyone. of us, as you officially representing Soonerscoop.com. <laughs> Should go uh, in there with a uh, <laughs> as drunk vacationing carry, yeah, mm-hmm. like a like a um, like uh, like a fl- floral pattern shirt. Like a like a fluorescent hat. You need to have the whole thing. Like I've, really I've vacation. Thought about like what should I wear to this? And like mm-hmm. I'm wear a not suit up. I'm not suiting up. No. Yeah, you should suit up. No. Oh, you know what you should do? The I suit, think it really set the tone if you went in there with a uh, like a like a mask, like a like you're going to commit an armed robbery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody is shook by masks anymore. I don't think there's a single. Oh mask no, I'm talking like I'm talking like a pull over the front of the like face I'm in the movie heat or something uh, are, are you guys surprised that like crime hasn't spiked a little bit because of like it, it you don't you like you can get into a store with a oh, mask totally on and no one even thinks people. about yeah nobody, yeah yeah nobody thinks this man's going to rob us uh, that was but, one of the things I was like oh we're gonna see that happen that's gonna that's gonna be a thing well the thing is I mean it's not like ski masks were part of uh you know everything the last year so yeah yeah, I guess you can still get eyes and that kind of stuff. Anyway, let, let, let's get back to the barbecue before we go any further <laughs> completely down the f***ing rabbit hole. I, um, I think we're just rebelling because a few people said, I hate your banter on the podcast, so now we're just bantering it up. Which is always funny that... Which, 
like you don't like the banner, but you don't also listen to the pod. So I don't know how you do that. Well, here's know. the thing: like, at least if tell you me you look hate back, me. If you go to our stats on and look how many people listen to the pod, like people don't listen to the pods that are you know, as much that are like the. I think it's it's just natural for our site because we we focus so much on recruiting that we have a lot of recruiting nerds that want nothing but a recruiting pod. But like our our pods that are tied like this is just a recruiting pod, they don't do nearly as well as the pods that are not, you know, that, that kind of sound like they're stupid pods. People like the Th- this. This is Carrie checking my ego. That's what's happening right now. This is Carrie just keeping me down. Not really, because sure. I I <laughs> don't like talking, so I'm fine if we have a, a just a hardcore recruiting pod, because we'll just let Josh talk, and Josh likes to talk. He does. I I love the sound of my own voice, even when I'm a little, <laughs> even when I'm a little under the weather. Well, it's like because right you now. live with women, and you never get to hear oh. yourself talk. That that's a fact. I'm just listening to people all the time. Change the segment to from is this racist to is that feminist? <laughs> is that misogynistic <laughs> or misogynist? Yeah, I guess that would be the other way to go. But I, I can go with the classic racist or misogynistic defense. I live with women, Eddie. I can say these things. <laughs> I know women. That's that's your version of uh, Jerry Maguire screaming. I love black people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It it is the the classic just horrible defense. I've got a black friend. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> if you say the sentence I've got a black friend, you don't have a black friend. Like you absolutely do not. <laughs> I know scissor hands. Okay, go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. Um Oh, Spain just scored in Euro Cup. No, okay. I really won't do that to us. Now we really um, didn't lose all the listeners. Yeah, now every like literally, it was like that's the final straw. Uh, no, guys, I mean, we talked about it last week. We knew, you know, and I said, people that are expecting seven or eight commitments, like, don't, don't do that to yourself. And that's not what we've seen. Obviously, we'll get into the Gavin Sawchuck portion here in a little bit. That was, um, that was huge news for Oklahoma. But when you look around, and I, I've got, um, Oklahoma's up, and it's one of the longer ones I've ever written just because there were so many notes still coming through the week. I mean, we've really, we've had stuff up every day, lots of stuff, lots of content for people to kind of read through kind of behind the scenes stuff. And the thing, uh, there's one, there's a quote that I got last night and I can't wait to put it up on the board. And it's just uh, kind of the embodiment of what people are saying really in particular about the 2023 class. Like, there is starting to be buzz that they are going to put something together here that could be, I mean, like, and it, it kind of reminds me and it, it, it dates me, but it's just the reality. Um, when Trent Smith and Rocky Calmus and all those guys years ago, Roy Williams, that whole crew came in for their official visit and they talked about like, we sat down and we decided we were going to go, you know, we were going to go to Oklahoma together. We were going to turn it around. It's not that these guys are talking about turning it around. Obviously, OU's got it rolling, but. There is that same kind of feeling. There were some conversations that happened that, you know, maybe this could be the group that takes it to the next level. This could be the group that, you know, goes out there and starts winning big games against SEC teams or beats Clemson or Ohio State or whatever it is. So, I mean, there is, um, there, there's some interesting stuff kind of happening behind the scenes from what I can gather. But I think the bottom line is that whether it was coaches, players, parents, Everybody came away just 
kind of blown away by how well Oklahoma put that whole thing together. It was it was a, you know, I, I hate with the cars being there, the, how obvious this is, but it's kind of a well-oiled machine. And I think a lot of people thought with all the potential for problems that it could have had a lot of hiccups and people just didn't see any. I had like a favorite dad joke out at practice yesterday, uh, basically asking every coach, just get your cars back in the garage. Uh, DeMarco uh, just pointed directly at Lincoln. He was like, it's his cars. Or was that just like, get away from me? Probably. (laughs) I know so much stuff about DeMarco because he was in Nashville and uh, like Jared was like uh, kind of, you know, always hounding him and hanging out with him and stuff. So I think he's uncomfortable around me because I know where the bodies are buried. And they were two single men just living the life. I guess the good news is it hasn't affected his recruiting because it seems like he's starting to get his feet underneath him, doesn't it? Josh put this out there. I mean, we have a literal tweet about Josh's neato stat of the day if you want to go with some TNT Ernie Johnson stuff there. The thing about that stat is it's not only that Oklahoma hadn't really landed a lot of elite guys, but it was just so – you kind of can get by at running back if you're making good evaluations. You find players that aren't uh, maybe everybody you know knew about or liked or whatever, but that's pretty rare. That's one of those positions where if you're dominant in high school, you tend to be dominant. It, it tends to translate more readily than some other positions. So that that's just one of those deals where you, if you're an elite program like Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, you need to be landing – top you know 150 guys almost every year just it needs to be a conveyor belt and Oklahoma's had a few guys that just missed the cut of what I'm talking about you've got guys like Kennedy Brooks obviously who's had a great career you know at Oklahoma and and Samaj P. Ryan was in that same class with Joe Mixon so it's not to say that they haven't had other good backs but I think it's shown I mean we've seen it in recent years where at times when Oklahoma would face elite defenses they didn't have that back that you could just say Give the ball to him. It's going to be okay. They'll find a way to make some plays here in the in the run game, and that's and that's hurt OU. And then you know, and I don't mean to bag on TJ Pledger, but TJ Pledger didn't ever play up to his ranking. I mean, he had that he had a nice game against Texas last year, and I can't think of anything else he really did that sticks out in my brain. So, um, you know that that's and you you go and get two guys that not are just highly ranked, but. Uh, Gavin Sawchuk and Raleigh Brown, I mean, I, it's hard to think of two guys who better fit what Oklahoma wants to do, where they want to run that stretch play, you know, off the edge and let, you know, and that's great with Kennedy Brooks, but you give Gavin Sawchuk that ball and he's a step, step and a half faster, he's going to get outside and he's going to turn the corner, you know, at times when Kennedy Brooks just can't. Or Raleigh Brown's going to do some things out in space and, you know, Lincoln Riley can create things for him. So I, I just think both these commitments give Oklahoma a lot of versatility and some of the speed that I think we noticed last year at times they lacked. And if you don't, I guess I guess we need to give the stat if you don't know what we're talking about. Josh had put up in the Sunday notes that from 2014 to 2021, OU had only landed two Rivals 100 running backs, and those, of course, being TJ Pledger and Joe Mixon. Now you look at this 2022 class with uh, Gavin Sawchuk committing on Tuesday morning. They now have two Rivals 100 
running backs in the same class, two of the top five running backs in the country and Relique Brown and Gavin Sawchuk. And, you know, I would just add too that, you know, the reports out of, uh, which is kind of weird, OU going into Colorado, which, you know, hasn't happened a whole lot over the last 10, 15 years. Uh, you know, Gavin Sawchuk, I think it's been on record that Ed McCaffrey has said that he is as close to his son Christian as anything that's come out of Colorado in quite a while. Which is obviously just a mouthful to put on a, you know, a, a young dude like that. But it is interesting to see Oklahoma. You know, yesterday you mentioned um, the, uh, the, uh, excuse me, the offer to the offensive lineman Josh Bates out of Durango. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Oklahoma was a pretty steady fixture in, Color- uh, in Colorado with guys like Zach Latimer, John Cooper, Jesse White. Uh, Andre Wolfolk was a Calif- uh, was a Colorado kid. So, like, you had a lot of that, and then it just, for some reason, just went away. And I don't really know why or anything like that. So it's it's just kind of faded. And another guy, um, you know, we mentioned Sawchuck in the 2022 class. This weekend they had George Fitzpatrick, the offensive lineman uh, from, from Colorado as well, uh, that was on campus. Seemed like things went really well. He is nearly impossible to read. But, I mean, you look at, like I said, I mean, you talk about those two and then you can go back. There, there's a run there where, you know, Oklahoma just was very, very active in the Colorado area. You know, offers to guys like Ryan Miller, John Major, uh, Lamar Houston that went to Texas and won a national championship. They were very active there, and then it just kind of stopped. And there was never really any any reason that I knew of why, but it's picked up. And it's a great state. You, you look through the years, a lot of offensive linemen from Colorado, a lot of big guys, a lot of big athletes, some that have went to Colorado and had nice careers themselves. So, like I said, I, I think it's a good place for Oklahoma to invest because as as much as, you know, my generation thinks of Colorado as like, we can remember when Colorado was great. I mean, it was a great, great program. They're not that way anymore. These kids don't see it that way. So an Oklahoma offer for a Colorado kid, they're probably going to go to Oklahoma. I mean, it's not unanimous. It's not always going to be the case. But in a battle, when, when you can go in and you have a head start on the in-state school, that that's always going to be easier to win. Because if the kid is thinking out of state, well, then there's no reason you can't win that race. If Colorado could just get their quarterback to knock up the head coach's daughter, they might be great again. You know, I, who knew that was the secret to success? That's the sauce. Eddie just I got have no like a really intrigued look on his face. Like, wait, I should know about this story. Well, the only story that there I would a, know in reference would be, you know, Cordell Stewart cross-dressing or something. No, Sal Onessi uh, was the quarterback for uh, Bill McCartney. He knocked up Bill McCartney's daughter. Oh, really? Uh, Sal Onessi then died of cancer, so oh. you, you, you also... Have a sad element to that story, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they won. They shared a national championship with Washington throughout mm-hmm. that process. So led Fair by enough. his replacement, Darian Hagan. Darian Hagan was a shit man. He was awesome. He, he's one of those guys. That I just believe goes he was from forgotten. Banning, California, the same same high school as uh, uh, Jamel Holloway. I believe that is correct. Let me, I, I can double check that. But I mean, Colorado, that, that's the thing. Colorado back in the day, they were California crazy. I mean, like they, they recruited out of there like yeah. just, just nuts constantly. You didn't see the 30 for 30 on, uh, on Colorado, Eddie? Uh, if I did, I don't remember it. Was that a 30? No, for he, 30? he went to Locke High School. Okay. 
but yeah. Yes, it was a thirty for thirty. It was a really good one actually, because it was you know kind of. But then McCarthy his whole did the philosophy. whole promise keepers thing, and it got weird. And yeah, I think that was to cover up all the bodies that he knows that are buried. Basically, it, yeah, that was a. I mean, they didn't catch Nebraska in the matter of a decade by being clean and on the up. That that didn't happen. That's not surprising. They, yeah, they had plenty of bodies buried themselves. See, Tom Osborne, he was smart. He just let, you know, the criminals keep playing, and that distracted them from any kind of cheating that might have been going on behind the scenes. It's like nobody was focused on whether or not Nebraska was cheating to get players because they they were so they were so focused on the fact that he never disciplined anyone. Players were raping, they were stealing, they were robbing. I, I you know, it's one of those things too where I look back and I'm like, were people really so naive in the early to mid '90s to think that? Nebraska was just bringing in all these walk-on <laughs> farm boys that suddenly turned into monsters yeah. after about three years of their football program. Like, that's not how this works, guys. Like, something here is happening that something is genetically altered within these guys. They are not the same people they arrived as. Like, that's not, that's not normal. Well, I know you were on vacation. We had Sean Callahan uh, on the podcast, and we, we just kind of did a deep dive in Nebraska but that was a really interesting pod. Just the whole, uh, okay, what what is Nebraska as a football program now? Because I, I and a lot of people were like, well, Sean didn't really address the fact that they're not any good. <laughs> and I totally, I I kind of I I felt those people. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Nebraska is just kind of ignoring the fact that they're never. I think that's one of the problems be, that Nebraska's having. You, the yeah. first step to recovery is you got to admit you have a problem. Yeah, they they can't admit that they have a problem. I, what, I like I'm I'm not joking. I think that's part of the problem. It's part of the Guys, problem with Scott Frost. W- would you have? I thought when they hired Scott Frost, I was like, if there's any guy that can yes. get them back yes. to close, I thought it was him. I and think I, they're terrible. Here's the thing. Tennessee is going to tell us if you if UCF is just a program that is going that is going to be successful regardless who their coach is because they're in Central Florida. Guys, in a way, if they still go on and keep rolling, does that set, would it be almost weird that Josh Heupel leaving UCF could almost give the Big Twelve ammunition to be like, hey, we need to go get them. Like we need to go like that needs to be part of what we're doing because huge university huge campus right in the heart of a heavy recruiting base for literally any sports you could want to be involved with and you'd get them for peanuts like i i don't know i mean to me that feels like if they can still do it after two coaching changes this is a program that should be good. Well, they don't have a. I mean, they've got a. They they may have. I mean, as much as they have produced coaches, Scott Frost and Josh Heupel, I would say they have the best coach that they've had right now. Yeah, that's the crazy part. I think Malzahn will get that thing. Yeah, turned, I, I mean, think not, Malzahn not even turned around. Coach. He'll continue it. Yeah, he's a great hire. Be, by the way, do they have that quarterback back again? That the uh, the little short guy. I can't even remember his name. You're talking. You're not talking about Milton, are you, Milton? No, 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 no. The no, guy no. that was playing last year, the, I believe so. The guy from last year, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, uh, uh, Dylan, Dylan Gabriel. 
Gabriel. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. him. Yeah. I like that dude. Yeah. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, I think Malzahn will slay there. I don't think I realized they were six and four last year. Yeah, they were Took a little bit of a step back. Uh-huh. Hypo hypo I think everybody got out at the right got time. Got out of there, yeah. That's a right perfect time. way to say it. Yeah. I think I... we have uh we have um swim coach. Mr. Bob Persbillo is going to be joining us. We are efforting him now. It'll be a good way to uh, we can talk about go back to uh, recruiting. There we go. There's... All right. Bob has saved us from ourselves. He is now joining us. <laughs> from yourselves? Oh, uh, you've missed there's it. There's so much oh. banter, Bob. The, 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 the Crimson Corner is going to be so unhappy with this podcast. The Scoop offices are going to be insurrected by next week. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> So Bob is back from swim class, uh, or Trogley, as he's also known as now on the pod. Trogley, uh, me. Have you have you had many comments about your voice twin since the last no, last I week's think pod? It was weird. It was too big of a weekend. Too many people were focused on the barbecue to even realize the voice twin was a real thing. So, so we bury the lead. So just to catch you up, Bob, we've we've kind of. Just talked a little bit about the barbecue and the running back situation in Oklahoma. Uh, we were, we, you, me, and Eddie were all out at uh, offensive lineman, defensive lineman camp last, yesterday. Uh, and I think we were surprised by uh, the number of decent prospects that were out at camp. And, of course, three offers came out yesterday uh, from said camp, uh, one being a defensive end that, I noticed pretty early on, and then Calvin Thibodeau took notice of as camp went on, and then he gave him kind of extra time at the end of camp, and then uh, he's uh, a kid from the Fort Worth area, uh, Nolan Catholic. uh, And, Bob, why don't you start there and just talk about kind of what you saw yesterday out at camp. Shouldn't we go? We we, Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm running this bitch, all right? I mean, we, we need to talk about barbecue. Yeah, we will, but I'm just saying Bob's joining the pod, and this is this is relevant. So this is how we're bringing him in. All right? Yeah. It you want to put a studio day. in your house? You can run the pod. All right? <laughs> Got a mutiny. It was a great day for uh, Caleb James, a 2023 defensive end. You know, we sort of went in to the event knowing there were some offensive line guys sort of beyond the watch, but really anticipating nothing worth a second look in terms of what Calvin Thibodeau, Jamar Cain were bringing to the table. But James, you know, he just stood out time and time again. And, and now that they don't, now that the NCAA has really gotten a lot more re, uh, relaxed with the rules, with those one-on-one workouts, it, it wasn't a huge secret. You know, when Thibodeau, when the camp is over, brings him over and said, all right, we're going to put you through more stuff. It's like, that's easily, you know, that's a name that you, you have to know. And, you know, James, he obviously passed the test. And, you know, as much as you knew the offensive line might have one or two offers, it's definitely a surprise for uh, James to go out there and do what he did. But he definitely earned it, too. Eddie, what would you like to ask? What, what should we ask Bob next? About more pressing matters like the barbecue the biggest weekend in the <laughs> history of Oklahoma. Look, I'm supposed to be on vacation. I don't even need to be here. Like I've been like clerks. Then this leave. is my house. <laughs> I know. Dante. I'll walk it Dante. up. 
I'll just go back to bed and wait until I have to go meet with OU. Do it. I'll play your damn hockey game, Dante. I've had enough of it. <laughs> By the way, there was a pop-up. The, the movie's pop-up in Oklahoma City yesterday. I'm destined to get this thing on, on track with uh, the Come barbecue. on, Eddie. You can no, I, do it. I, I mean, we, we talked to Josh about it, but it, it, it seems like everything went about as perfectly as it could as far as, uh, you know, people leaving. Uh, obviously, the, the commitments that are building, you got a set of eyeballs that are still out there. Just kind of your overall take from Saturday, from the weekend that was. Yeah, I think people just have to learn to accept the immediate gratification process that used to be the norm for Lincoln Riley and big recruiting weekends. It's not what it's going to be anymore. I don't know if he feels burned by that that spring game weekend or you know the Champion Barbecue weekend the first time around. Like almost none of those guys have actually ended up as Sooners, and it seems like. But because that's how Riley started his tenure at as a head coach, people come to expect three or four you know different commitments by Sunday afternoon and. So when you got to Monday and you're like, well, maybe there's one out there. Was that really what we were hoping for? And I think as much as they, they hate when, when, when we say this, it's absolutely true that you just have to wait days, weeks, and months, and you're going to see how good this barbecue went. You're going to see what was the benefit of having all the alumni in. And that's why you moved it to June. So the alumni could be there. It worked out beautifully no last minute cancellations it sounds like it was planned to the minute to exactly how they wanted to go and even if there weren't you know two three eyes on sunday just give it time and by the way welcome back to the eyes we have missed you my friend you were gone for three whole months didn't matter what uh what was going on but it, it sure is nice to sort of have that that interest again as we've said before lincoln raleigh knows how to make sure the ou brand is always out there and when you have an event like this, then you start putting out the commitment signs. You've got people talking once again. And it was pretty selfish that Matt Mayfield got married over the weekend, and he wasn't allowing Baker to get out of the wedding duties, so he had to go out to California for that. But, it, you know, Josh, it, it's one of those things, too, that with the barbecue, do you think it changed anybody's mind? Like, I, I know that we kind of hit on it on uh, Woke on Wednesday on the board as far as, like, is – Kenyatta Jackson, is that somebody that completely changes his tune or comes away from the weekend and OU thinks that they have a better chance because of what he saw over the course of the, the weekend? I think that's 100% the case. Um, someone asked me, I think Sunday evening, kind of what my thoughts were on OU's chances with Kenyatta, and I think I said 20 25%, and I felt like even maybe that I was being a little, you know, a little too aggressive but talking to people through the last few days, talking a little bit to his dad, I'm supposed to have a little uh, more time to kind of sit and talk with him in the next few days. I I think OU's really got a chance. OU might lead now. I mean, like, it's it's that sort of movement. Um, I I just, I, I think um, he has, it's another case where Jamar Kane has done an outstanding job building a relationship there. And really, again, just going to places where OU really struggles to win usually and is right there in the thick. I mean, this is a guy that's got Alabama. I mean, he's he's got a lot of great options. And I think Oklahoma has got as good a chance as things currently stand as anybody on his list. 
for the last couple of years, it seems like it's just been the perfect storm for OU offensively. And I think that, you know, you look at 2022 and what they've been able to do at wide receiver, whether it be, uh, you know, Shetron locally or, you know, nationally with a guy like a Luther Burden or, you know, even going into 2023 and some of the stuff that we've kind of uh, insinuated with what could be building in that class. It feels like the time is now for the defensive side of the ball, doesn't it? Whether it be a Kenyatta Jackson or a Derek Moore or whoever, like it feels like they are on the verge of starting to get those not just national guys, but like national national guys, big names. Yeah, not you know, and God, I feel like we always end up bagging on this guy, but not like the Buki guy that kind of falls in your lap a little bit. Sure. Like, I mean, he's a good player, but there were some major programs that passed. These are guys that everybody wants. I mean. You know, you go get Derek Moore, you're beating out Ohio State and Penn State in Maryland. That doesn't happen easily. You go get, um, you know, Kenyatta Jackson in Florida, you're, you're winning over some big boys in that race. I mean, this is, that's not an area that goes under recruited. That if you're there and you can play, people find you. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's starting to happen. I think that's a really good point, Eddie. It's kind of like what we talk about, um, sometimes with rankings. You know, you'll look at the, the rivals ranking, they'll be like, oh, it's, you know, their average ranking is four stars. That's great. But if you look at it and you look at Alabama's four stars, they're 5.9, they're 6.0, they're 6.1 in the rivals rankings. They are the high level four and five, you know, obviously six ones, only five, but like they are the high level four star guys at Oklahoma or some of the, a lot of other programs, it'll be five, eight, five, eight, five, eight. And don't get me wrong. Those are still outstanding players. But there is a difference between the two. They walk into a room, and even the lay college football fan can see the difference a lot of times between this guy and that guy. I thought it started to happen last year with guys like Latrell McCutcheon, Clayton Smith. I mean, those are all-off-the-bus kind of guys. That's what you want dudes to look like when they show up. And I think this year you're seeing it more and more and more, and it's starting to build on itself. And, you know... You talked about perfect timing. Every kid in the country knows Oklahoma's offense can score points against anybody. I mean, they're going to be fine in that regard. But they know they can be the group that, you know, gets that defense to the level it needs to be to win a national championship. They can claim that responsibility. They get to be those guys, and they get to be, you know, hey, you're you're the first great ones to come in. You're going to take playing time from some of these older guys that are good players in their own right, but it seems like every year the talent coming in, the treadmill gets moving a little bit faster and a little bit faster, and the players just get a little bit bigger and a little bit faster. We, you know what I learned yesterday? Um, I learned something very interesting, and I think it bodes well for the future of Oklahoma's defense. Um, I was leaving camp. I passed someone in my car. And it was Alex Grinch. Do you know what Alex Grinch drives? A van, right? No. A Dodge Stratus. No. That'd be sweet. <laughs> he drives... Hyundai Elantra? A Jeep Wrangler. I have never known a coach to drive a, a car that basic in my entire life. But that fits him. Like, he feels like a guy that fell... A like, Jeep Wrangler? Just, no, fits I him? just mean, like... It me like it feels uh, well. Like not a even like a new, right. like a not, not like the new four door. He's got an old school two door Jeep Wrangler that he drives. Does Alex Grinch not feel like a guy that's like one step below? He was a career military man. 
Like he feels like he could have fallen into that real easy to me. Um, like rather than being guts, a coach, get a horse and just ride a horse in every day. <laughs> <laughs> Blue collar, lunch bell. He's a East Coast guy, though. I mean, like he's driving a Jeep, right? Like that doesn't to me that doesn't signal a guy that is like you know moving up a, a climber. I guess you would say like Midwest he's man. He's a Midwest guy, Grove City, Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that was shocking to me that he drives a Jeep Wrangler and it was like when I left camp Saturday after the elite one camp, like he was following me and I didn't notice it. Uh, and he went like, he went to Othello's, I think, uh, after the camp to grab some dinner, like that, I, I don't Should've know. Should have gone in. That and paid, fascinates bought me that he drives go. a Jeep Wrangler. I drive an Elantra, so I can't car shame. I mean, there's nothing wrong with your car except for the huge dent in the side of it. I'm about to sell that bitch. My Ford Focus was going to be in the end zone until the last second. And then- <laughs> 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 That's pretty good, Bob. That's so funny. <laughs> By you know, the way, that was kind of like it's like Ferrari, Lambo, uh, Rolls Royce. Like, get the Corvette out of there. If you, like, if someone you, is yes. really too proud of if their you Corvette. lined up all five of those cars, and I had to do like a uh, you know put what kind of car it is in slot one, put co- what kind of car it is in slot two, I wouldn't have been able to name any of them. I, I'm terrible with that kind of stuff. Um, I know Lam- what's weird is I know Lambos. I mean, like you can tell a Ferrari. When you see it, I mean, they're just so distinctive. So for some reason, I know Lambos more than I know Ferraris. I see, know like, I'm great with old cars. Like, I grew up around old cars, so, like, I can do that. Like, I can, you know, that's a 75. Like, I can usually get pretty close on that kind of stuff. But, like, those, like, foreign, like, Italian sports cars, that's a mystery. I don't know. Now, that, see, and for me, the truck was the baddest-ass thing I on that. I would I love to have that, that truck. Yeah, that Shelby truck. That Shelby, uh, uh, like, that thing is so mean. Like, I would love to have that. That motor is... Yeah, well, and that was that, perfect. That, I mean, it's like, you know, the dads were all loving that truck. Like, it wasn't for oh, the 100%. Recruits, that was for the dads. I don't trust any offensive lineman who took his picture with the Lambo. I want the dude <laughs> who took the picture with the truck. If Nicolas Cage hasn't tried to steal it and uh, gone in 60 seconds, I don't want it. That's yeah. my uh, official car take. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing was, like, the Lambos and the Ferraris, everybody wanted their picture taken with the Rolls Royce. That was the car. Well, I mean... W- well, that probably is expensive as any two cars on that field. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. the I think the Rolls-Royce probably would have been the most expensive car on that field. Yeah. I mean, Ferraris and Lambos are about 250 Yeah. God. I can't even, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Get like three tickets to the PGA Championship for I that could price. not... <laughs> I couldn't even get that one of those Lambos or Ferraris in my driveway. They would rip <laughs> yeah, the, like that getting it would over rip the, thing. the front of it off. Yeah, like, oh, shit. <laughs> Just park it in the street. You're fine. You know, you were talking about like the uh, like holy shit moments from this weekend, and talking about different sides of uh, you know guys that OU's recruiting on the defensive side of the ball. I think my first holy shit moment was on Saturday when uh, Kobe McKenzie's dad put out the picture of him and Kenneth Murray. Yeah, like I knew that Kobe McKenzie was a big kid. 
I don't think I realized but he's remember, almost as big as the starting middle linebacker. Kenneth Murray, when he arrived at Oklahoma, he was Chargers. a small dude. Like we were shocked at how big he got while he was at OU. Sure, but oh. I like just from a height wise, even. Yeah, I was just mm-hmm. he's I was man. blown away. Yeah, and Kobe that's a perfect a... example of guys that like oh you just flat out wasn't even being mentioned about five years ago. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean. I guys, I remember going to see him um, his sophomore year, and there was absolutely a wow, like, like, because I mean, it, you're right, Eddie. I mean, I've watched the linebackers OU recruits for years, and they don't look like that guy. And don't get me wrong, there's some give and take. I mean, he he's such a big guy; he's not going to run like Deshaun White runs. Like that, that's not you know, or you know, it, that's not going to happen. But he runs really well for a guy that size. I mean, he he is a he is a Mike that I think can really do everything they want him to do. So I mean, he's like I said, the, there is a lot to be excited about, and it's it's kind of the perspective that people need sometimes because they see you know the, one of us at a camp or something, we take a picture, or we shoot a video, and it's kids amongst all these other kids. Sure, but when you see Kenneth Murray and you know how big and special Kenneth Murray is. And then you see this high school senior standing next to him, and you're like, "Holy shit!" It's it's just that that's the guys that they're like. People wonder why Grinch and everybody are so obsessed with height, weight, speed. That's why, because you get guys that look like that, and they're just genetically ahead of ahead of their peers. I mean, that that's just you know that's the luck of the draw. But those are the guys you want that can run faster, jump higher, do all that stuff. Was there anything just? outright surprising to you guys as far as anything that came out from the weekend whether it be like a maybe a Luke has being closer than maybe people expected to committing or maybe the other way of somebody that you thought surely he's not going to leave the weekend I guess like Gavin Sawchuck would have been somebody that had he not committed already after spending four days in Norman it would have been a little bit surprising I think for me, the one that maybe is uh, is a little surprising is Caden Helms. Um, yep. I, I kind of thought he would fall into it and pull the trigger, and he and I have talked. He he has a completely rational reason. He wants to take his last visit to North Carolina, and then he's going to announce in July. So I think it's still going to go the way we've expected it to go. I still think Oklahoma's in great, great shape there. But, I mean, like I, I kind of thought he would get swept up in the moment, especially – when you talk to everybody and like how big this felt to everyone, like it wasn't a deal where some guys were like, ah, oh, yeah, that wasn't for me. Like it just feels like Oklahoma did an outstanding job kind of hitting the right notes with everybody. But the one thing I will say kind of as a newsworthy thing that surprised me is that Trayon Webb is not being recruited as a, as a athlete. I thought it was at minimum an athlete, maybe more toward a corner. I, I talked to him today. I've talked to him the last few days, and obviously he took the picture with DeMarco Murray at the barbecue. He's a running back. Like that's what they like him as, and I think that helps OU when you consider his friendship with Brandon Ennis. I mean, those guys could be talking about we could be in the same huddle together. We're going to go, you know, we can be roommates. Go, you know, getting ready for games, you know, on the offense, doing all these things. And don't get me wrong, Ennis can go anywhere he wants to, but I, I. When you look at the schools that they both seem to be serious about, there's a there's a big arrow in my mind that kind of points toward Oklahoma. Yeah, when you look at Webb, it was initially Grinch. That's who he was talking to. Mm-hmm. That's who he was tagging. So this 
I don't know when it all changed, but when you see him with Adrian Peterson, DeMarco Murray, you're like, okay, okay, he's not Grinch's guy. So somewhere along the road here, they they made that switch internally for OU and said, well, we're okay with trying to move him over because there aren't a lot of clear-cut 2023 running backs. Think Richard Young, maybe Trey Wisner, but there's no one that stands out at this moment. Like That's OU's number one guy for that class. Agreed. And I mean, even at DB, I mean, you look, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, you know who they want, but I don't see the guys that are the obvious, like, okay, that OU's got a, not only is he really good, but OU's got a really good chance there. Um, I mean, JV and Toviano is, uh, like, I, I've raved and raved. I don't think I can say more about him. I am a huge fan of his game. Uh, he's probably one of my first man crushes in 2023. And, um, uh, you know, but OU is going to be in a dogfight. I mean, there, there's just no doubt about it. Texas is going to be heavily involved. A and M's going to be involved. I mean, like all the big boys. He is, he's a legitimate contender to be the number one cornerback in the country in 2023. And he visited Oklahoma twice in the matter of a couple of weeks. Like, you know, um, Roy Manning's doing some impressive work there. In talking about, go ahead, Bob. Okay, Josh, did anyone feel like? Their timeline just got accelerated because of this visit. We mentioned before, you had all these kids. Was it too many? But when you have all those offensive linemen, all those defensive backs, do you think any of those guys who are maybe, oh, wait, September, October, might have been like, okay, I need to do this maybe by July. I need to make sure I get my spot now because I just saw my competition. If I don't do it now, I might not have a chance later. I would say along the offensive line, if your name isn't Devin Campbell or Cam Dewberry, you better be pretty sure that you either do or don't want to get on the train with Oklahoma. Like, cause I, it feels like that's going to start to rain fairly soon. I, I think, I mean, cause there's just so many guys that have taken a lot of trips. You, you know, Malik Ogbo, he didn't get to go to LSU. So that's going to be an interesting factor in his recruitment because he said he'd like to be done by, by the end of the summer. But he also plans to take that LSU official, so I don't know what that's going to mean. But like I said, I mentioned George Fitzpatrick earlier. Um, I think he is a kid that does not like recruiting and would like to be done as soon as humanly possible. Cole Hudson, he's close. Jacob Sexton's close. Um, Dane Shore, Jake Jake Taylor, I, I've done a full interview with him. I need to sit down and actually get it written out. He's a guy that kind of mentioned to me maybe maybe i'm going to go take three unofficials to the all three of the same schools notre dame and alabama and ou and really sort things out but then he was like but i probably won't so i I think he knows what he's going to do i would guess the next two weeks he's probably on board with somebody i still think it's going to be oklahoma and then you have cam williams the big man from duncanville so there are a ton of offensive linemen in play right now and at some point, you know, it's kind of like musical chairs. Oklahoma's got four spots, probably five. If one of them was, you know, like I said, Devin Campbell or Cam Dewberry or somebody like that, they'll make that extra spot. But there's four spots, and Demetrius Hunter's already got one. So people are going to have to start jumping on board if they're going to. And the nice part is, is I'm not sure right now there are – I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a hierarchy, but I don't know that the gap – is huge between most of those guys. So Oklahoma really can just say, hey, man, it's first come, first serve. If Cam, if it's you, great. If it's Jacob, fine. You know, like they're just going to go down their list and work off of that. But 
Like I said, I don't think that they're going to get into too tricky of a situation where they have to tell a guy, oh, wait, 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 you know, may- maybe now is not the time. I know he's already said his um, announcement date, I believe, publicly, but it sounded like if you want to move to the 2023 class that everything went about as planned. And I even coming out of the uh, the weekend, it sounded like uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding uh, Malachi Nelson. Yeah. Um, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I've got a I've got a quote I need to put up on the board, and I'll do that as soon as we're done with the pod. But um, there is no doubt that he resonated with a lot of people this weekend. And someone someone had asked me early in the week, you know, can can Malachi be that Caleb Williams kind of guy? And you know, I went out there, I met him, I interviewed him, I talked to him, I talked to his coaches, I talked to Makai Lemon, his teammate, and. I think he's an he's an engaging kid. He's interesting, but I didn't get the impression he was going to be that kind of guy. Like he just wasn't going to do it to that level. And I'm not saying he's going to organize a whole event, you know, like Caleb did. I I think Caleb is has some unique traits in that way. But at the same time, when you talk to the players who talked to him, they were like, "Man, he was super cool, real chill, no pressure, you know, but definitely you know, we got the vibe that, you know, he wanted us there. He wants us to come with him, and he seems like a cool dude to play with. I mean, like, you could tell the first impression was very good. I mean, they, they all liked him. Um, and, you know, again, kind of like the Caleb Williams situation. He's not committed, but we all think we kind of know the score here. Um, so, you know, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, but I was, I I got the impression there was a lot of optimism uh, for 2023, and not just amongst you know Jalen Hale and Brandon Ennis and McKaylem and the offensive guys that obviously Malachi would talk to, but even defensive guys that really that knew who he was. I mean, the only guy there that ranked higher than him in that class, Lebius Overton. Um, now I'm not saying I know a lot about their contact with each other, but. Uh, you talk about guys that I think OU made a big step forward with. I would say Lebius over uh, OU is a legitimate contender in that recruitment. Now I, I think they have made uh, a serious move over the last month to six weeks. That's kind of the most interesting aspect of coming out of the weekend too. Is just the fact that, like, I, I guess this is kind of a weird thing to say, but just as far as you expect a guy that is kind of from this region. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, like maybe a Luke has or somebody that kind of knows the state of Oklahoma and how things work around here. Of course, they're going to be impressed with how everything is. Of course, they're going to be impressed with how, oh, you rolled out the red carpet. But it's these national guys that like whether it be an Overton or a Malachi Nelson or whoever, they legitimately rolled out as as much as you possibly can, I think, in one weekend and almost kind of fit in. You know, and, and for a lot of these guys that weren't on official visits, they rolled out the red carpet for as much as you possibly want for uh, a period of 48 hours. Oh, absolutely. I mean, guys, you look at the unofficial visitors, there were 10 different states represented just amongst unofficials to forget the guys they flew in from all over the place. But, you know, that is, to me, I mean, that, that was going to be the most interesting thing is how they kind of made this all work. And somebody, I think it might have been Sooner 55, brought it up on the board, is that there was, there have you know, been guys that this wouldn't be their deal. This wouldn't be what they loved. And I thought Oklahoma did a really good job of making sure this was a weekend that 
that guy it would fit him, you know, like it wasn't going to be like some guy that showed up, you know, and he's, you know, for whatever reason, he's like, man, the cars are stupid and this is flashy and this is not my deal. Like, I just thought they did a really good job of rostering this in a way that play it would resonate with the right guys. Like they would find something they dug about it. And again, you know, what's funny is everybody's talking about the cars. That's not what most of these guys are talking about. Almost all of them are just blown away by players returning. Like, they, and I mean, because OU made it clear, like, we can't pay for these guys to be here. That's a rule. That's not allowed. Um, you know, I know we talked about that in the pod last week. I didn't know that was a rule coming in. I learned it since. Um, so these guys all chose to come in. And obviously, they're millionaires, and that's fine. But still, like, they didn't it, – it's more about the time they gave than the money. Um, and, you know, all the guys just talking about, like, their bonds and the family. And the, guy, and the players like, yeah, you know, anybody can say that. But once we were away from the kind of panels and the breakouts, they're catching up and they're joking around and they're playing like they're like like the, like I do with my buddies. You know, you could tell it was legitimately these guys are still close. You know, ten, twelve years after they've left campus. So uh, I, I thought all of that. Like I again, I thought Oklahoma did an awesome job just producing this in a way that. Almost no matter what you came in expecting, it, it hit the right notes for them. It's your pot, Eddie. What's, what's going on? Just, I, I didn't know. I didn't air. know if I was stepping on anybody's toe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to talk. I just sat there and listened for a while. I enjoyed it. How's it going? Everything going good? I see you got a cookie over here. Still drunk. Um <laughs> Yeah, I got half of a McAllister's uh, chocolate chip cookie. They're the best, man. They're the best. They're really good, no doubt. I don't know why I still have that. I, I don't know why it's hadn't. I if I would have known that early this morning when I was watching Loki, I would have eaten it probably. Oh, it'll still be good. It'll still be good in the <laughs> afternoon. There's no doubt about that. What did you, uh, I guess, just as far as some of the local guys, I, I know that Luke Haas kind of walked away with uh, glowing uh, experience as far as everything that went down. Is Could he be put, if, if Malachi Nelson is the leader of not if but when, is has the tight end out of Bixby somebody that could be in that same kind of uh, manner as far as not an if but when for Oklahoma? It it feels that way to me, you know. Talking to yeah, and I want to be fair. I've talked to Luke. Luke said he wants to take some more trips. He wants to look around a little bit, and he just kind of said, "I'm not there right now." Um, so you know, you can read that however you want to. But talking to some just some people around Bixby, talking to some people that were with him, you know, or not with him, but around him this weekend, I he feels like a guy that you know, kind of. He knows the opportunity. You know, God, I hate to say it. The opportunity he has there at Oklahoma with the with the tight end position, gonna go in with a quarterback like Malachi Nelson. Obviously, gonna have a guy in front of him, you know, with Caleb Williams. So he knows that set. He knows that's fine, and he knows Oklahoma is a school that utilizes the tight end. I mean, he's watching. I'm sure he's expecting Austin Stogner to have a big year this year. So there is um, there's a lot that makes sense to him, but it, it's gonna be like I. I think July will tell us a lot. Um, Obviously, the visits will slow down, and he'll have time to kind of sit there and compress and see what he wants to do. And I, 
again, if he gets out of July and hasn't made a decision, maybe it does run for a little while. Maybe he takes some visits during the season. Uh, if he can make that work with, you know, all that Bixby has, you know, to do through the, the course of their, you know, yet again run toward a state title. Um, we'll kind of have to see what goes on there, but if he gets out of July, okay, maybe it runs a little while, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that's very, very possible next month. Oh, you're just putting Bixby into a state championship game. You think they're going to be good or something? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put Carl Albert there as well. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're going to get real crazy here. They do have to uh, break in a new quarterback after uh, the last four years over at Carl Albert's. We'll see. No, mm-hmm. I think, I think, oh, yeah. I think they should be okay. That That's a bigger loss than people think it is. But, I, you know, I saw them at uh, team camp at Noble, and they have – They've got plenty of young talent coming along. They're going to be real good again, Imagine including that. the uh, the the son of uh, former great Johnny Bazell that will you know going to probably be the feature guy this year. Now that, um, oh Bad my Harris. gosh, I'm not been uh, the uh, the running back that just went to Arkansas. Um, God, I want to say Daytuan Low, but I know Hunt. that's not no, right. Jay Hunt's kid. Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Javion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I, I just couldn't get there. I don't know what my brain was doing, but yeah. So I like um, him too. I mean, he's a good player. I, I, I like I said, I just as long as he's open to doing something else. Like if he wants to play like an overhang or a strong safety nickel type guy, I think he can be really good in that role. He just kind of he's kind of a tweener, and that'll be interesting to see what that goes to. But we we won't talk more Arkansas recruiting. We we've talked about just about every big name visitor, and I think that you know obviously we talked about Gavin Sawchuck and his addition to the twenty two class. But how about Relique Brown and his first trip to Norman? I know that it's it's been pretty quiet on as far as his front, and I you know I I guess we would have heard something if something you know negative would have happened on the trip. But uh, just getting him to campus was kind of a big deal coming in. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the first thing is, is, you know, for months now, we've had people, you know, asking and, you know, our, our guy, Adam Gorney even brought it up on the board and I know it ruffled some feathers. Um, you know, whether Gavin Sawchuk's commitment would negatively impact Relique Brown. Well, one of the first quote treat, qu- uh, quote tweets of the news of Gavin Sawchuk was Relique Brown with the fire emoji. Like, I mean, th- these guys know the deal. Oklahoma has been telling both of them. This is what we're going to do. You two are not going to – it's not going to be a, a competition. There's going to be enough touches and carries to go for everybody. We're going to be fine here. So there's no there, – there was never going to be that. That was never going to be a big surprise because they were all aware of each other, including – and also Javante Barnes, the running back from uh, Las Vegas. Uh, they want him to be part of that as well. So um, – but, no, I, Eddie, you know, i got to give it up to you. You know, you had heard from uh, somebody that was on hand that uh, they were really kind of rolling out the red carpet for him, and that is what I got from a lot of people. They wanted him to make sure <laughs> I think he, he was treated he was very, very well. I, I think that's probably the best way to say it. They could have got him a better shoe size. But. Well, I mean, if they wanted to really treat him well, they just would have given him a bag full of cash, but I know that they can't do that. I mean, a McDonald's bag would have been fine. Well, true. Yeah. Uh, look, here's the thing with Relic. I mean, like, you could sit there and talk about uh, so many running backs in this class. I think it's it's probably pretty clear that Lincoln Riley has talked to him extensively about how they want to use him. Like, it, it, I think that has been a pretty big selling point. And I'm sure Lincoln has had plenty of film to go back on and say, this is what we did with this guy and this guy, and this is what Kansas City does with 
uh, Tyreek Hill, and this is how we, you know, see you in our offense. Like, I have to think that that Relic Brown doesn't really look at himself as some guy lining back, you know, lining up seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and getting the ball and running between the tackles. Like, that's, I just don't see Relique Brown as that type of player. And we all know Lincoln Riley is an offensive genius. Uh, so he's got to have some concrete plans for Relique Brown that he shared with him that makes him know, okay, this is my, this is my, you know, this is this is going to be what playing football in college is like for me, and it's not a standard running back. Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, and, and we, you know, when I went out and saw Relique, he talked about that. We we kind of got an abbreviated interview, but he he mentioned, you know, I love that OU is going to use me in all these different ways. He's, I mean, it's not just not just as a you know running back or a slot or whatever they're going to do with him. They want to use him in the return game. I mean, this is a guy that is, you know, you always hear the expression, oh, he's quicker than fast. Well, he's both. He's quick and he's fast. Like, there, there's there's just nothing he can't do in space with the ball in his hand. So, he's not the world's biggest guy, but it's fine. Like, you know, if you know the right ways to use him, shield him from, you know, guys, we're talking about it. You don't want him running into the Kobe McKenzie's of the world 40 times a game. That's not good for anybody. But you want to get him out in space where, you know, a big linebacker like Kobe's got to chase him. Um, that's that's the idea. So, I, like I said, I think they're going to get ultra creative with him. And I've, I've used that comment for years. Um, I, I used to say it about Roy Finch all the time. Relique Brown is as good as his offensive coordinator is creative. If you are creative and you can come up with unique things for him to do, he will be an absolute nightmare. If you are... If you're going to try, like you said, you're going to try to run up, run I formation and slam him into the, you know, behind the guard 20 times a game, he's, he's going to be useless. And by the time he's a junior, he'll be so beat up. You won't have anything you can do with him. I think I've run out of, I think I've run out of uh, names to bring up. You've officially done it. You've, I've exhausted we have hit them all. Yep, all big names. And how I'm, much? Here's my question for you, Eddie. How much uh, did you ever meet up with Sam while he was in town? He lives here. He lives in Oklahoma City. He lives in Montana. Uh, it's called Wyoming, but or Wyoming, whatever. <laughs> they do have Jackson a house. Hole, but I, I, Jackson Hole. I thought he lived in Montana. Up there too. Mm, no, it's. In, I don't. I, I just de- think that all that place there. is the same. Josh was just there a couple weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. I was. I was. I, I. I did. I thought he lived up there, so I'll, I'll own that too. You're not answering the question, though. Did, did I meet up with him? Yeah. No. Did you not see Sam while he was in town? He lives here again. Yeah. He, that's why and he no. didn't answer How the question. How often does he live here, though? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't keep, I don't keep, like, I don't, he doesn't check in with me every day. You don't really know Sam, do you? No, I've made it up my entire life. (laughs) The secret's out. Got him. Eddie, was it a surprise, though, that he decided to come back? I mean, you sort of. Eddie says no. He was clear. He said on the pod that he was going to be in town. And I said, well, I don't know when to believe you. No, I said you said that in the DM groups. Yeah. Yes, because I thought you were talking about Trey, Brett. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I I think that uh, I think it could be said that you'll be seeing more and more of him. That's good. I think he'll be around a little bit more. 
It was. I mean, like, just the, the visceral reaction to Sam being back on campus. No, people were excited for sure. Yep. It and was I think crazy. He, he, he knows that. I think it's more of a where, like, do you get caught up in the, like, doesn't want to be around too much as opposed to never doesn't want to seem like the has been. But I also just... like here's the other fact of the matter, too, is I there's just more and more guys from his quote unquote era that are being back in the program, whether it be Joe John or whether it be DeMarco. Yeah. Or just the simple matter of picking up a phone call or a phone and asking him to come down. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, you know, I this is me completely projecting and this isn't something I've really talked to him about, but. Uh, yeah, maybe we will. We'll get him on the pod. But I think it's a situation of uh, yeah, if you doesn't want to just we'd get him on the doesn't want to just show up. Was he like who was he closest with when he was at OU? Like players, I know he and Gresham were pretty tight. Yeah, him and Gresham were really tight, and then obviously he lived with Nemo, uh, John Nemo, backup quarterback. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know Brody and all those guys pretty tight. So yeah. No, that was cool. I was, I was, it was cool to see just people react to him being back on campus. Yeah, which is like I always have found As, like fascinating that people just like I don't know. I think that there's just this general idea or thought <laughs> out there that people think that he hates OU for some reason. No, which I is don't think anybody not, thinks he hates. I mean, like, no, it was referenced on the board. Somebody was like, "Oh, it's good to see Sam and OU have buried the hatchet or something." Oh, I was like, God. "What?" Oh, like, no. I don't think I, that there's I, I anything, anything like this. that. Sam was just. I mean, like, look, I. I'm not friends with Sam like Eddie, uh, but I got to know him pretty well. I mean, allegedly, I, I, I allegedly, uh, you know, I dealt with him since he was in high school. Uh, I got to see like it's kind of one of those things like you get to see a guy uh, who, you know, who what he's really like. Um, and Sam was different. And Eddie could tell you like he's a totally different person than what you got to know of him through the media. Because he just outright didn't really care, you know, to do media that much. He didn't. Sure. He didn't care to to sit there and talk about himself. He just wasn't that type of guy. Uh, I don't foresee him, uh, you know, being a color analyst for the Super yeah. Sports Network anytime yeah. soon or anything no, like that. No, I don't see that so either. If he comes on with us, you're not worried he's going to start like a podcast tour and do all of them, right? That, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> no, we'll make him sign a affidavit that he doesn't do that. <laughs> sign an NDA. Um, yeah, something. But, like, I mean, I remember one of my most vivid memories of Sam was at the 2008 uh, media day for the uh, Orange Bowl for the national championship mm -hmm. game. Uh, and it back then it was like you, you basic media day lasted an hour. So he was up on a podium uh, and... I, I remember vividly, I was right Fucking there. Fucking Orange Bowl Media Day is just, the, it's an awkward experience. I remember looking at him and I go, Sam, I know you don't realize this, but this is going to last an hour. <laughs> and he looked at me and he was like, are you kidding me? I'm going to sit here and be asked questions for an hour? Yup. Like he hated it. Well, the guy across the way from you is about to get up on a uh, preacher's pulpit. <laughs> save people who would have known that he had so many he's murderers gonna give circumcisions uh he's gonna give 70 God. circumcisions in this hour <laughs> that should be the thing you can either give 70 circumcisions or act uh answer an hour like if we would have given uh, joe mixon the uh the option of uh talking to the media for the first time that year at uh oh gosh who was it that uh completely uh lindsey schnell oh man 
It was a horrible That's, day. I don't think I've ever been in a more awkward situation than that whole thing. No, down that, in was, Miami. that was the worst media experience one. ever. Oh, man. Were you there for that, I don't think Bob? I've ever seen... S- yeah. You were there? Okay. Yep. You were yep. working I don't think I've ever seen there. so many people live-tweeting a one-on-one interview. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, like, there's, there's probably two players that that come to mind that hated the media not the media but hated doing just media. the process of it uh jason white and sam bradford both heisman winners like baker was never that way kyler could take it or leave it but uh, as far as biggest stars in you know, OU history sam and jason white disliked talking about themselves more than anyone i know it's kind of crazy how like media has i guess changed in a way because i think that like baker and kyler also understood the branding aspect of it and being able to get their names out in front of stuff yeah and you know i it just i guess this is kind of dates me a little bit but it just wasn't there in 2008 2009 as much as it is nowadays well i mean you think about sam like he's he he didn't have to worry about branding because he signed a 50 million dollar contract right out of the shoot sure like now well, you you don't have that kind of money so you need to you need to be aware of okay well I need to set and I think you know like LeBron and and Jordan Brand and all that stuff and generational wealth like that's come into play now is more of upfront you know for people it's just you know it, it, I don't want to get into all this that much but you know the name image likeness stuff is really going to become a factor and I mean I feel like it's that's going to accelerate is it not yeah I mean it's it's, it's mm-hmm. getting the ready to happen I mean that's that is, oh, that was a big part of the barbecue. They had a whole panel on it, like a whole thing explaining to parents how that was going to be, you know, the best way to navigate that, how OU was going to set them up with that. I mean, that was that was a part of the pitch for sure. Well, and, and, and as much as people don't want that to be a part of the college football experience, like you just better stomach it now because that's going to be not, you know, half of it, but – that is a integral part of getting kids to campus nowadays. Well, and to be honest with you, it's going to change us. It's changing Sooner Scoop. It's going to change sure. everything that we do. Uh, and, and, you know, Bob is always going to be out there covering the team and, you know, being a beat writer. Uh, but, like, what I do is going to change, and that's part of what, you know, I, I mentioned I'm going to meet with OU today. That's what we're meeting about is all this stuff. So, um it you know going out to camp yesterday i was talking to coaches about it like they have no idea uh exactly what this is all is going to mean uh but they know it's coming and they know it's it's a big part of things moving forward so it's it's going to be really interesting and i'm i am i am kind of excited about it just from the fact that it's going to change the way that we operate and do things and uh who knows i mean we i've got all kinds of things you know planned in store for this and um you know whether that means we're going to have you know these kind of things at our website that are different from the past i don't know we're, we're going to figure it out as we go it is interesting like how much i wonder that is being and i think that we kind of know but like when you look at the stuff with usc and you know i don't know if we want to get into the gentry williams stuff well, you guys know my theory on the, the weekend, usc thing but yeah like I think it's very fascinating as far as like pushing the Hollywood side of it, pushing, uh, you know, an opportunity to brand yourself amongst the Hollywood Hills 
as opposed yeah. to Oregon doing that like, with Nike. I, I can see both sides of it because and look at what Rutgers is doing. You can't tell me that like, they're not pushing USC, the New York market. Is USC just telling people? I mean, like they're getting all these kids. Like, are they telling people like you're going to be like Kylie Jenner? Like, are, are you going to be a Kardashian? Like, is that their sales pitch right now? I wouldn't think so. But then again, I think it, it at some point it is going to come back to, you know, I, I, a school like Oklahoma probably doesn't have to worry about it as much as maybe somebody else. But I think that there will be a door opening for schools that are in bigger markets. But at the same time, I think that you look at, you know, a kid, say that a kid comes to OU, comes to Norman, and the way that OU is going to be able to sell that brand, you walk into a town like Norman you're a big you're you're a big fish in a small pond, are you not? You walk out to LA. Are you saying, are you saying like now Syracuse is going to become a college power because they're in New York? No, because that's like, upstate. What's the biggest? I think that's upstate. It is, but like that's my question. Like, what's the what's the the school out there that can benefit most from this? Yeah, that is not really a factor right I now mean, in college I, football. You look around and I. Just look at the team rankings right now. It's, I mean, is it UCLA? I, I have to think That's that a UCLA, a yeah, Rutgers with Greg Shiano, who kind of knows what he's doing a little bit. They're, they're at least recruiting well right now. They have to be selling the New York market right now to them but there's no one that i mean that's the thing about i think it's like new york and la they're not college football places exactly and i think that that is going to be fascinating to see like the breakdown as far as you know i i don't think overnight it's going to change that people are going to just wake up and go oh this kid goes to usc we really want to invest in this kid as opposed to a kid that comes to ou or even you know a town like austin and they say you know, you go to you go to a school like OU or you go to school, you know, wherever a blue blood type program, you're you're worshipped. Spencer Rattler's worshipped around here. Here's the thing: it's like I, it, you, the whole thing's fascinating. L.A., New York, um, you know, any big city, Chicago, Northwestern, like the, the it's going to be hard that, to get kids into school at North a school like Northwestern. Well, though. here's the thing: here's the point I'm trying to make. The only real, you know, the only players that are going to make real money are the Heisman, you know, sure. type contenders, sure. the Spencer Rattlers. I mean, they're the only ones that stand a chance of making like six figures out of this deal. So, and it doesn't matter what market you're in, there's only a select few people that are going to make a lot of money. And when I say a lot, no one's going to make a million dollars. Like, you would have to win the Heisman and come back another year to even come close to approaching like a million dollars off of name image likeness. Most people are going to make, you know, like Spencer Rattler, you know, he's not coming back if he wins the Heisman. He's just going to be the number one pick in the draft. But like this year, the ceiling for him, if, if, if it was already in place and he had a chance to make his deals and stuff like that, if he made $100,000, I'd be surprised. I'm looking for, you know, they came out with that study a couple a couple weeks ago or maybe in a month or maybe even last year. I can't remember what it was. But they did a study, like, each, you know, each guy and how much he would have made for an Instagram post. And I, I'm pretty sure the number was over 100000 for uh, Spencer Rattler last year. Had he used, like, that market value or whatever that number is that they throw out there. I don't believe that at all. I do. That's, uh, that's Kylie Jenner world. No, that Kylie Jenner's making like 
a hundred thousand dollars per. Eddie, you're the most. You are the most followed social person in this company. How much money have you made for having followers? Zero. But I'm not a Heisman Trophy winner at the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not. Nobody it's, gives a shit about what I say. It's not like just instant money out of. That's the thing that that I find hilarious about this whole thing is like people see that thing from some marketing agency that's a marketing agency that's that is it, it's an it's an it is a made up this fantasy like this, that's not reality and they're like oh all i have to do is have a bunch of like are you telling me that i think buki probably has more followers than any college football player in america for no, whatever reason not even close who has more I can I I don't know anybody off the top of my head. I just know but it was shocking the number like, of Instagram followers he had. Yeah, I mean it's a big number, and he's a big name within it's that. It's like one hundred and fifty thousand or something like that. Yeah, which I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think is really that much. But that's what I'm saying. He, that, yeah, that's Kerry's point. He is one of the most followed college football players on Instagram. And oh, I bet he's not. Top, I bet he's not top ten. I don't know what the number is. I'm just guessing. You're just shitting on my point without any evidence. <laughs> because I don't think it's right. <laughs> I think Kendall, it might be right. Kendall Jenner's making $608,000 per She's post. not a college football player. That's not what I'm talking about. Buki has 3,000 more followers than Spencer Rattler. Okay. 65 to 62 for Spencer. And I'm I don't, like, I, and again, I don't have again, the numbers in front Buki of me. Buki has more followers than Spencer Rattler, which is ridiculous. Considering play on field, yeah. Considering performance, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, sure, no doubt. I, I I agree with you on that. But I'm just saying, like, what does that get? Okay, him? this is August of 2019, and I know that it's a little dated, but the number one most Instagram followers was Tua. He had Tua Tyavogaloga. He had, yeah, this isn't right because he had 579,000 followers, and I would imagine that number is way bigger nowadays, right? For whoever the number one That was is. when he was in college? Right, in 2019. He wasn't in college in 2019, was he? Uh, it would have been at the end of his career, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I find it fascinating, though. And, but you're right at the basis of it. But here's the thing. You have to have someone going out there and getting a company to pay you to send out an Instagram post. It just doesn't happen sure. out of thin air. Sure. No doubt. And that's that you're going to need a national representation to do that for you. Like, I'm sure uh, Kylie Jenner and her makeup deals and all this stuff, like her mom did all that stuff. Set all that up for her. Like you, you're gonna have to have someone to go out there and get you those clients. Just as a point of reference, so it's not just gonna happen just because you have sixty thousand followers. Just as I a, see what you're saying. As a point yeah, of you, reference, you, you, Trevor yeah. Lawrence has nine hundred seventy-nine thousand followers on Instagram. Okay. Most of those are Dabo Sweeney. I'm sure. Bunch of burner accounts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you either need to be really good at football or have a mom that such a sucks a bunch of dick and has a dead husband. <laughs> And helped out OJ. Oh my! Oh my God! And Allegedly turned your other one into a woman. Turned her other husband into a woman. Fact in fact. <laughs> All right. I think that's okay. that's a good learning moment right there. 
So if the, all that is worth an Instagram, and if post, anybody's asking, yeah. although my football playing fair, career is over, her daughter is nearly a billionaire. So you know it might be worth. It. I think that they are, aren't they? I think it was found out that she's not quite close to a one of the younger ones. They made it out to be yeah. And then you got the poor uh, brother, whatever his name is. Rob. Rob. Poor Rob. He just gets shit on the entire time. Well, the, Rob, hill, the hills Rob are back. So. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a thing for a while. I think they're I done. like the hills. I like the hills. I always get the hills and the OC mixed up, though. Same people, right? No. Different no. people? OC was not real people. They were actors. But the hills had... Uh, the hills had, well, the hills had Lauren Chris, and... Kristen Cavallari. Yeah. Yeah. We like her. I liked Elsie no, better I, than Kristen. I was, a Lauren, well, yeah, I was a Lauren guy. I don't pick. I I like both of them. Yeah, no, both both are completely <laughs> acceptable. But is should it, I have to choose a it, team? Is it fact that Elsie was a much bigger hoe bag than it was made out to be on that series? I don't know. I kind of hope so. I liked Whitney. Actually, she was pretty hot. Um. So yeah. Anyway, we're again banter, banter, banter. Sorry. Um, we 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 hit it hard. We hit it hard. Coming up this week, we have skills camp today. Obviously, yeah. the offensive lineman, defensive lineman stuff Austin was yesterday. Woods is very fired up about teaching people how to long snap. Oh, they they're bringing in uh, skill kids this week or today. Yeah, today they'll do some. Long I knew snap that they're today. bringing some people in on uh, Saturday as well, and Saturday will be there because that's sounding like it's going to be a really good camp. And hopefully a guy like a Deshaun Brown from Choctaw shows up. Yeah, that's what we've been talking performs. about. I think everybody's kind of been excited point. about that. So it will be a uh, kind of a good wrap up. And then, you know, it's kind of crazy is like, you know, obviously next weekend is the 4th of July. And then after we come back from the 4th of July, it's going to be a situation where we got Big 12 media days at the middle of uh, July. Before we know it, it'll be the start of the football season. Yeah, internet just went down. Beautiful. I guess that's I guess a good we'll time just, to wrap. Yeah, yeah. that's that is uh <laughs> I think the Lord telling us shut up. Shut up, go away, Carrie, sober up. You got a meeting. Um so yeah, uh camp still going on. Uh also got a a special going on on Sooner Scoop. A lot of new signups lately. Appreciate that. Uh go check it out soonerscoop.com and uh go check out our Twitter page at uh, soonerscoop if you want to get in on that special uh, that we've got going on. So uh, that's going to do it for this, uh, this week's edition and appreciate everybody joining us. And we'll be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from soonerscoop.com.